Uh, it, this is uh, this is really something about the possibility of Dak Prescott not being the Cowboys quarterback next season. And we'll talk about who it could be in this story, this particular story brought to us by Todd Archer of ESPN. Stephen, I guess we should get Todd on and talk about this story. Todd is uh, really shaking up the sports landscape with talk of could, should the Cowboys at least look into uh, the situation with Matthew Stafford. Has lived around the corner from Jerry and Gene Jones in Highland Park. Feels like Dallas is still home. Come home at age 32 and finish up his career with another couple of years at a reduced rate compared to uh, compared to what uh, what Dak would make if you do a deal with Dak. You're going to end up in the 35, 36 million a year range. He wants a four year. Cowboys want to do a five year. You would have two years of about 22 million a year. So, really, really interesting stuff to talk about. We'll do that at 140. Stephen, it's almost kind of like we could we could go into overtime today. We might even – Just extend a little it. bit? Maybe just put J-Mo on with us and we'll just keep going? Yeah, I don't know if he wants that. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if that's really – John loves doing things with you. Events, shows. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think he uh, – we do we do some events together. We're on kind of the speaking circuit together, and uh, he always loves wow. to kick those women's basketball recruiting questions to you. <laughs> I tell you what, I I'm uh, I'm pretty excited right now because you know here in a couple of minutes we're going to get Baylor golf coach, men's golf coach Mike McGraw on, and uh, and and talk about that showing they had in that rice tournament. Well, they went up to Houston and just blew everybody off the course. And um, I, I got a, I'm, I'm typing right away, Stephen. As we talk, I'm asking him a question. Uh, this will be, uh, this will be really interesting. We're gonna get some inside information in this. I like this. We're getting yeah, like yeah. a pre-show little note here, and then we're gonna include this in the interview. This is, this is the reporting bug in Mosley coming out. Yeah, I, well, I wanted to ask him something so I don't have to ask it on the air. I wanted there was something that, that that tweaked my interest of the lineup that he put into that rice tournament. Um, you know, we get our old buddy Ben Hagens calls in sometimes. Big, you know, former Baylor golfer. Baylor golf has a lot of support, and uh, we like talking golf. This is a uh, this is a this is a safe space for golf talk, and um, and Mike is one of our guys, and he's been he's become a, a really good friend of mine. And has uh, it's always fun to visit with him. So that'll be exciting. We'll have him on here in a second, and uh, and get that going. And that'll be uh, that'll be really good because there's some there's some things there's some tiger related stuff. There's some tiger stuff that I'd like to get into. I I got to say, uh, oh good good, Mike McGraw, Baylor men's golf coach. He's a man of many uh, many hats, kind of a renaissance man. He's got a great podcast. I really enjoy his podcast. In fact, during the uh, pandemic, I would go back and check out some episodes of this. Mike, welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. I'm sorry I disappeared for a few months. It, uh, it was something about a bike and a trench <laughs> and a ditch, and it didn't work out for me. So 
Uh, mark down another thing I need to I need to cancel out in life. That is riding bicycles. Well, maybe you shouldn't do that going forward. Yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about uh, canceling that uh, from my future. Maybe a Peloton. Maybe an indoor an indoor bike. But uh, Mike, uh, you were you were quick to uh, check on me and uh, looking after me a little bit during that. So uh, just know how much I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're back at it, and I'm glad you seem to be doing really well. Well, Mike, I appreciate that. I mean, I I, I sound like myself, which some people would say is not a great thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh well. (laughs) I'm back to my control what other people think. That's right. That's right. But uh, it's uh, it's good to have you, and uh, congratulations. Boy, came right out of the chute. A thirty-six hole get together there at Rice. The Rice hosted this thing, and um, and, and and there were some there were some good schools involved, and and uh, they're in Houston. And I don't I don't know. I'm trying to think back if I played that course where y'all played over there, Mike. But uh, had to be pleased at this juncture, sitting here at a time when we've had some cold days, and 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 maybe y'all looked out and had a, de- a couple of decent days to play. But uh, to to have two players uh, tie for first place and then kind of have your guys all over the leaderboard, that I, I would say that has to be a pretty good feeling. I was very happy with it. A great way to start the spring. You know, a lot of uh, this was a tournament we added, and Rice added it because they had an extra day of competition available. And I jumped on the opportunity. For one, it, it um, increased by three weeks, our ability to get the season started. So we started three weeks earlier, which is great. I, that, that's always a, a little bit of a limbo when you get back to school about January 10th and then you really don't compete until February 15th or 20th. That's, that's a long time to go for us. So I'm, I was, especially if you had a tough winter, you'd rather be competing someplace than just hitting balls in the cold weather. So I was really pleased with it. Great start and just a really good way to start your spring. Yeah, and uh, and for folks that uh, did not pick up on it, the uh, uh, Colin Cober and Johnny Kiefer, which uh, uh, tied for uh, uh, matching scores of five under par to win that. Uh, wait, at this time of the year, Mike, when you go out there and you watch your guys compete, what are you looking for? Obviously, you want them peaking at the right time, and and uh, and you and competition is great. Uh, y'all will face even stiffer competition moving forward. But what kind of feedback are you are you trying to to get from your guys uh, when you when you start thinking about kind of this early in a season? Well, you're trying to figure out, and I don't think you want to make you know having rust be an excuse. I don't think you want to make that. But you're trying to figure out where are they? Where do they stand? How how was the winter? Fortunately, all of our guys played some form of competition on their own over the break. So uh, as few as one tournament and as many as three tournaments, a couple of guys played three. So so they did play and they did compete over the break. So I, I knew it wouldn't be too far off. And then we played a qualifying tournament here in Waco to go to this tournament. We had one spot available and I picked the rest of the team. So I, you still don't know how it's going to be once you get out in competition. So that's what you're looking for is just to see where you are to see if anybody did some significant work over the winter that's yielding fruit. And if they did, that's great. It's good news. And, yeah, to finish 1-1-3 one, one, and three, uh, is tied for one, tied for one in third place. That's a pretty good start. And, and I was really especially pleased with the afternoon round. 
Yeah, we've talked about talking to Mike McGraw, Baylor men's coach, that uh, there's there's some things that we, uh, you know, you, 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 you have a huge expectations, and you should, for a guy like Johnny Kiefer, who has uh, incredible ability. I'm, I'm excited to see the young Trey Bosco play. I, I mean, I think he obviously has a huge ceiling. Um, and, and then you got some great, uh, you got some great leadership. You really do with a fifth year in, in Cobra, uh, Grider, fourth year guy. What was it like to have, a another Dossie enter the fray? Well, it's great because, you know, Luke's had some injuries and he, his freshman year was really taken up with injuries. So the fact that he's competing again for us is exciting. And, you know, his brother Cooper, we didn't play Cooper this week, uh, you know, returning first team All-America. We're just giving Cooper a little more rest, trying to make sure that when he does return, he's, he's back, ready to go. And so he didn't play, but it was nice seeing Luke in the lineup or in the tournament. He got to play as an individual. And uh, yeah, you mentioned Trey Bosco, freshman. He got a top 10 finish. Uh, Trey's making a lot of progress. So we have a lot of guys that, you know, are, are it's, that's, the good thing about a one-day, 36-hole shootout early in, in January is that we get to kind of see where we are. Talking to Mike McGraw, Bears go out and uh, do a really nice job in this tournament and uh, win it. And this, this could, Mike has got a, a really extremely talented group and everything just needs to come together. And, and that's, uh, I kind of like that. I feel like you're just kind of, you're, you're ice, you know, letting Cooper kind of sit there and, and uh, you don't want to show too much. And then you boy, you hit him with a hammer because obviously he is one of the um, he's one of your most talented golfers. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun when you uh, when you get him going again. I, I got to ask you on a different topic. Um, did you take the time to watch the uh, the Tiger documentary on HBO? You know, I only saw brief excerpts of it. I'm going to sit down and watch the whole thing through here before long. Uh, I heard a, it surprised a lot of people. But what, what were your uh, you're, uh, I, you oh. know, I, it was, I love the old footage and, and some of that was, uh, really fun to watch. I, I don't like documentaries where they talk to people that you can tell that Tiger hasn't, uh, been around for like 20 years. And then they, I feel like they give them sometimes coach like, uh, almost too much standing in his life. You know, it's it's almost kind of like a chance for some of these people to uh, show how close they were. And you can tell the, the one golf coach that was at the, uh, the uh, uh, military course where he used to play with Earl. Now, that guy was close to the family at one point. It always... It, it just sometimes is unnerving to me to watch these people sort of uh, act like maybe they had a bigger a bigger part in his life than they did. And, and of course, when it got to all the scandal that happened, I mean, that's unseemly when you start seeing all these people and what he was going through. And I, and I guess, Mike, uh, that part of me, I, uh, it, it hurt me to think about, like, his kids seeing that. I, and, again, he did it. It was, it was him. You know, he went out and had that kind of behavior, so I get that, and he's a public figure. But uh, I, I guess when I was watching that, Mike, that part of it, I, I would almost encourage you to fast-forward a little bit because it just takes you through this incredibly seedy time. But it also shows you how lost he was. You know, he was trying to run with the big dogs, and I thought of it, you know, Barkley and Jordan were single at the time. There they are, and you got Tiger running with him in Vegas. It did make me think, did Mike Holder back in the day, uh, when Tiger would have been getting out of high school, did, did he try to recruit him at Oklahoma State? I know that was 
right before you went to Oklahoma State when Tiger was being recruited out of high school. Uh, did, did you remember, did Mike, uh, or, or was it almost assumed that Tiger was going to go to Stanford? Yeah, Mike recruited him from a very young age. He had heard rumors of this young boy from Cypress, California, and the National Insurance Youth Classic was being played in Texarkana, Texas, um, and at Texarkana Country Club. And so Mike went over there to watch 13-year-old Tiger Woods play against the 17- and 18-year-olds. And he said the moment he saw him, he couldn't stop watching him. And so he just followed Tiger the whole tournament. And one night they were at the dinner table, Mike Holder and several other coaches having dinner. And I think there was somebody that brought up a point, like, who's going to win this week? And there were great players there, like Justin Leonard and David Duvall. And there was a lot of really good players that ended up playing the PGA Tour. And Mike, he, everybody got their own pick. And Mike picked Tiger Woods, and they laughed him to scorn almost. It was like, are you kidding? A 13-year-old, he can't play with these guys. I think, I think Tiger finished runner-up that week. Uh, but <laughs> Mike told me, and he told me early on, he told me before Tiger turned pro, he said, that's the greatest player of all times. It's the best player I've ever seen. And he saw Nicholas as a young player. He saw Nicholas in his prime. And he knew at the time that was the best player he'd ever seen. Well, he was right. It, Tiger is truly the greatest player who's ever hit a golf ball. And I'm a huge, huge Ben Hogan and, and Jack Nicholas fans. And I can say that without reservation. Tiger's skills uh, far exceeded both of those other two players. Now, those players were amazing in their own way. But I, I think Tiger at his best was much better than those two. So. What do you do, uh, Mike, when you, you – part of the, what comes out in this documentary is Earl and just the uh, – he did not have a normal childhood. You have encountered uh, – and I've done it covering golf, covering some junior golf events, parents that are incredibly overbearing, and we call them helicopter parents. I mean, I, you've been in the business long enough to have run into quite a few of these folks. How do you, how do, you do that when you're recruiting or, or evaluating whether you want to take a – a player you may like the kid a lot. You may think he's got great character, and you may think he's an unbelievable talent. But then you have a parent that you know you're going to have to manage as well. How do you how do you kind of cut through all that? Well, sometimes I discover that pretty early in the process when the parent is the one reaching out to me about recruiting. Now the rules have changed a little bit where we can't even accept a phone call or have unofficial visits with young players. So they're not getting on campus, and we're not taking calls from them nearly as early. But in the days when you could, if it was the parent always calling and the parent always making the introduction and the parent always I, – I, at some point I would say, listen, that's great. I enjoyed getting to hear from you. But if, if it's all the same to you, I really would wish little Johnny, you know, whoever the name of the boy is, would reach out to me, and he and I can develop a relationship. Because ultimately, uh, when that player is on your campus for four years, it, it's – I'm not going to call home to the parent every time Johnny's late. Uh, I do hate to use Johnny because I have a boy named Johnny on the team. I'll say Fred. <laughs> uh, when Fred is late for a team meeting or, or doesn't show up on time for qualifying or, you know, just does something that's not perfect, I'm not calling home. This is a man-to-man thing, a coach trying to help a kid grow up, a player trying to find his way. I, don't, I, I just think the parent ought to trust us on that, that we're going to try to do the right thing. Now, if it's something serious of a health nature or, I mean, something major, you know, yes, I'll call home. But other than that, I tell the parents early on, 
listen, this relationship will, will basically be between me and your son, and then we'll figure that out. And if there's something very serious, or if you want to call and say, Coach, I think, you know, if you, if you want to have an opinion, that's great, and you can help us coach your son, but, but we're not going to talk about playing time. Uh, we're, not going to, we're just not going to do that. It's like this needs to be between me and him. So how do I handle those? Uh, try to be honest and upfront with him from the start that it, the relationship needs to be between me and the, and the student athlete so that we can figure out how to navigate this together. You know the Not one even. talking to Mike. Yeah, talking to Mike McGraw, the Baylor golf coach, and uh, the one that really comes to my mind. Uh, and I don't even know. I, I can't remember getting to know the dad that well. I just remember covering that tournament and knowing how quickly they were pushing this kid at the IMG Academy. Remember that kid Ty Tryon? Yeah, you remember, very you know well. When I was an assistant coach for Mike Holder, Ty took an unofficial visit at age thirteen to Stillwater, and I. You know, there was no question that we had a chance to get him one day. And uh, Ty, yeah, his dad, it was a pretty overbearing deal. I don't think Ty focused very hard on school. So through junior high and high school, kind of academics took a way back seat on that. He was going to be a pro golfer. And he shot 66 the final round of the PGA Tour school and earned his PGA Tour card. And the PGA Tour wouldn't even let him play. That was in November. Wouldn't let him play until May when he turned 18. So he, I mean, he had to be of a certain age to, to actually play the tour. And I don't think he was mature enough. I think college and discipline and all that would have been great for him to have been on a team for a few years, uh, even if he didn't graduate. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say college, everybody must go to college because not everybody's a college candidate. I don't think he really was, but I think he would have grown up in college a little bit. And uh, yeah, I remember Ty Tron very well. Yeah, I, I'm, that's that is so fascinating. I I, I wondered if you had uh, crossed paths with him, and and uh, that you know I know rules have changed, but that is amazing. That uh, much like tennis, you can you can see the development like Tiger at thirteen, Ty trying other guys maybe, um, and and like Justin Leonard was probably a great, uh, unbelievable golfer at the age of ten or eleven because he was out playing with Randy at Royal Oaks, and you know yep. some of those kids you can tell early, early on, even if they're little guys like Justin. And then, of course, there's those late bloomers um, who, uh, who come along and, and uh, you know, aren't like that. So you got to kind of – you got to judge it all. Well, Mike, always, uh, I always enjoy it, and uh, it's uh, great, to, great to catch up with you. Tell folks uh, when, the next, uh, when the next event is. When we, can we look forward to uh, seeing you guys out there again? We are playing – February 14, 15, and 16 at the Golf Club of Houston up in North Houston, Humble, out near the airport. And basically then our next three tournaments after that are also in Texas. We play in San Antonio the last couple days of February, the first day of March, or right in there, first of March. Then we play at the University of Texas Golf Club March 15, 16. We play at the Aggie Invitational and College Station April 9th through the 11th. So we're literally playing a Texas schedule uh, through – the, almost the middle of April, so that's I, I'm actually liking that a lot. A lot of our parents will get to get out and see our our players, you know, because we have a lot of Texas kids in the team. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, and those are uh, all fun courses, and those will be uh, great tournaments to uh, to get out and see across the state. Mike, really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks so much for having me on. That there he goes, Mike McGraw, the Baylor men's golf coach, uh, joining us. Always, uh, Mike. 
really does a good podcast and uh, just a, a really wise uh, person. And uh, it, it did not surprise me that he would uh, have connections to some of these interesting stories from the past. Stephen, that was, uh, I think I saw Ty Tryon when he was 14 or 15, and his dad, you know, was just all over him out there on the course. And, and the kid, you knew by, by the time he turned 17, he was trying to skip college and go straight pro. And uh, got out there on the PGA Tour and didn't make it. And, and partially because he'd just been pushed too much and you can't, you know, if you're, if you, like, much like Tiger, just didn't have any kind of a childhood, didn't have any kind of a high school, got sent off to an academy in Florida, IMG. Stephen, are you glad our, our dads didn't do that to us, send us off to an academy? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure IMG would have taken me, but uh, I, I know that you were a good golfer back in the day. And, Maybe uh, maybe if your dad pushed you more, you would have been on the Baylor golf team. But I think it all worked out. I think it's good that you had a normal childhood and, and normal uh, high school life. Yeah, yeah. I think you're being generous to say I, I had I was a good golfer back in the day. I, I had my moments in my 20s, and then it kind of left me for, for the rest of my, my career. <laughs> all right, maybe, maybe this accident will help. The lack of the range of motion in my neck, it could it suddenly. Could yeah, you're only driving at like 200 yards, but it's just straight every time. You're just it's very hitting straight. every fairway. I would take that. I would absolutely take that. I would. I would trade distance for some accuracy. Uh, it is the Mosley and Simcox uh, extravaganza as we uh, plunge into our next segment. We want to uh, discuss with you Big Twelve basketball. The Big 12 Basketball Report, brought to you by NeighborWorks Waco, is next. There's a reason customers drive from all over Texas to buy a Ram pickup truck from Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly sunny skies today. Kind of seasonal with temperatures running just a little bit below average. 57 degrees will be the high. Partly cloudy tonight. We dropped to 30. And partly sunny skies tomorrow, meaning a lot of clouds around and a high of 56. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on the John Moore Show. Dan Schulman, ESPN, our guest. I was uh, saying earlier in the hour, Dan, uh, kind of telling your your travel story about how when you go on a road trip, you go on a serious road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm Canadian for those who don't right, know right. down there, and I, I still, I've always lived in Canada. So during the pandemic, we have in Canada a 14-day quarantine whenever you come back to Canada. So they installed a kit in my house that a lot of people have, so I called about six or seven games from home while uh, – over the holidays and now I'm back down in the US uh, my trip started in Waco actually I flew from Toronto to Dallas drove to Waco and because I can't go back and forth I believe I am now uh, away from home for the duration of the regular season like through championship week so I am very lucky I have a supportive independent wife listen to the voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on the home of the Bears ESPN Central Texas well, let's talk about Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, and Ram. Oh, Stephen Simcox loves those Ram trucks. He's been eyeing one for a good while now. Uh, these uh, these New Year specials, you got to take advantage of this. Special offers include 2021 Ram 1500 Crew Cab Lone Star. Total values up to $7,250 or 0% for 60 months or 2.9% for 72 months, plus a $3,000 total value back. Ted Teague. 
really a good friend of mine out there, the GM, the man who oversees everything that happens out there, done a great job during the pandemic. And that service area, a really cool place to kind of hang out, and uh, and you can get in and out. Every make and model, you can take it in there. But I've been in there to really take a great look around. The square footage is something it's crazy. It's like 50,000 square feet or maybe more. I mean, it just kind of in the amount of cars they can get through there. And of course, they do such a great job. They just are more efficient than a lot of places. If you're looking for a, uh, uh, a 2020 Jeep Renegade Latitude, total value $6,750 in all models. Those 2020 Jeep Gladiators, $4,000 total values off. I drive that Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo. The 2021s are now 4250 total value off. Get over to see uh, to Alan Samuels, your friend in the car business. The Real Texas Gun Show coming Saturday, February 6th and Sunday, February 7th at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show proud to be the place where small mom-and-pop vendors share the floor with large dealers that buy, sell, and trade firearms at the show. The Real Texas Gun Show has more than just guns, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, collectibles, and so much more. Head on down to the Real Texas Gun Show February 6th, 9 to 5, and February 7th, 10 to 4 at the Harker Heights Event Center. Social distancing and mass required. Listen, in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of people moving in from out of state to Waco thanks to Chipper and JoJo. And while we welcome these new citizens, they unfortunately brought some of their bad habits with them. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters, and you know what I'm talking about. Naked trucks. You'd think everyone moved here from McNewtville. But we shouldn't judge them, we should help them. For example, when you see a recent transplant truck from a less civilized state like California, Instead of saying, your truck is disgusting, your bed is exposed, get a bed cover on that truck, buddy, that's a bit harsh. Instead, try something like, you know, in Texas, it's not polite to drive around with your bed exposed. Maybe you should check out the excellent selection of bed covers at Pickup Outfitters. And then if they refuse, you can say, well, I hear New Mexico's a nice state. Let's help our new neighbors and let them know that truck nudity is not okay. Let them know about Pickup Outfitters of Waco and send them to our website, createacommotion.com ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Warren White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. Number nine, Lady Bears jumped out to a 10-point lead in the first quarter and never looked back, beating TCU inside the Farrell Center last night, 82-49. Next up, Iowa State on Sunday afternoon, who beat the Lady Bears at home last time the two met up. Number 24, Oklahoma took down number five, Texas, last night, 80-79. Tonight, number two, Baylor will host Kansas State. Tip is at 8 o'clock. You can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Former Texas starting running back, Keontae Ingram will transfer to USC. Ingram rushed for 1,811 yards over the past three seasons for the Longhorns. He'll now have two years of eligibility left. For the first time since 1960, the membership of the National Baseball Hall of Fame will remain frozen. No player in the Hall of Fame's 2021 Baseball Writers Association ballot reached the 75% threshold needed for enshrinement into Cooperstown. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for our weekly Big 12 basketball report on the Matt Mosley Show, brought to you by NeighborWorks Waco. Have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? NeighborWorks Waco assists Central Texans in the home buying process. Learn more at nw-waco.org. It is the Big 12 basketball report. Thank you, Stephen. It is NeighborWorks Waco. 
<clears throat> love NeighborWorks, and uh, it is um, nw-waco.org uh, is uh, is how you, and of course the NH stands for neighbor, NW stands for NeighborWorks. I hope, I need to say that again, don't I, Stephen? nw-waco.org. And uh, you can get over there and see how they've been putting people in new homes and folks that uh, otherwise may think, oh, my gosh, I'm in some debt. Oh, i got some credit issues. What am I to, what am I to do? And uh, NeighborWorks has been there for folks for years. And uh, they, in NeighborWorks, Waco especially, it's a, it's a national organization, but they have localized it to the point where it's a really standalone, cool, cool thing that they do. And Roy Nash, the CEO and former Baylor basketball player, is a great friend of the show and a friend of my family, I should say. Okay, Stephen, uh, the Big 12 basketball report was happy to see the Lady Bears back in action. I'm sorry, Coach Peebles from TCU. I like her. Uh, Reagan Peebles does a good job. TCU has in the past uh, been able to hang around and at least push the Lady Bears a little bit. That was not the case last night as the Bears pulled away. Melissa put up some kind of crazy – I mean, that was – did you see that, Stephen? Did you see some of the stats from that game last night? Uh, it, I mean, it's just – her height, her, her her ability to to handle the ball, but also work down low. The versatility. I mean, it was one of those. Uh, it was. I mean, it was, it was like eight, I think it was eighteen point sixteen rebound type performance. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was a monster. She is. Uh, she's a different kind of post player. I mean, she definitely has that size that you mentioned, but she's also just really explosive, athletic. As you said, can handle the ball. And you're right, eighteen point sixteen boards. Um, a couple of assists as well. Had a great night. Moon Erson was really good. You know, we mentioned the other day there was a national story about Moon and sort of her emergence. She had 21 points. And another thing to watch, uh, Sarah Andrews, Ooh, freshman. I saw this. Had, I saw this from Irving McCarthy. Yes, had 18 points. She was 4 of 11 from 3. She's starting to get more minutes as of late, Matt, and has added to that depth. So, uh, yeah, Sarah Andrews with a really good game, and she's uh, started to get added in the rotation more and more as the season's gone on. Yeah, you know, when they go up against teams in the tournament, they played Iowa, uh, and they did a couple of years ago and did really well against them. Megan, somebody, was a great player, and they they uh, they survived that deal and, in fact, kind of shut her down a little bit. But, Stephen, some of these teams, like Iowa State, as one of them, I'm trying to think that the Pokes have a shooter. Oklahoma used to a lot under Sherry Cole. But, I mean, you you need to have a sharp shooter. You need to have somebody keep the defense honest out of there. Baylor has had that. Uh, Taya uh, Cooper was that in the past. They've had some uh, Jordan, was it Jordan Oliver, Steve, uh, Stephen. You know they have, they have another Oliver on this team, uh, young Oliver. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's it's on. Anyway, bottom line is one thing I've looked for from this team that I haven't seen is much outside perimeter production. The three-pointer has not been, and it really wasn't last year either. Didi's not going to go out there, and Alyssa's not going to go out there. Moon will take the shot. Uh, Moon was 0-3 last night, but just was scoring everywhere else. She's really a nice player. Uh, Moon's just become an all-around excellent player for this team. But, Stephen, you brought it up. Sarah Andrews, uh, if she's going to go out there, she's about 5'6", I think, and uh, and obviously uh, can play the point, can move around a little bit. But if she's going to come off the bench and provide, and she shot, I think, 11 threes, I like that from Kim. 
I like that. Okay, Kim, let her. I mean, if you've got a three-point shooter, let them get out there, let them fire it, and she did. And Sarah Andrews connected, and uh, really feel good about that. Stephen, last night in the Big Twelve, some action. Uh, Texas OU, boy, some of our brethren that cover UT, some of them that may have attended UT, they did not like the officiating. They were very upset with some of the officiating in that ball game. OU almost tried to give that thing away. Um, I don't know what Long Kruger was doing down the stretch. They kind of imploded. Texas uh, took advantage. I thought Matt Coleman did some nice things down the stretch. Steven, there might have been a couple of players missing from that lineup. I don't think I saw Ramey, yeah, the guard. Ramey was out. And I didn't out. see the, the, the kid that can jump out of the gym. Yeah, Jericho yeah. Sims and Ramey were yeah. out. And then Brock Cunningham, who's a player that comes off the bench for them. Um, all three of those players didn't play. Now, they still did have, you know, uh, Kai Jones and Andrew Jones, two of their better scorers. But they missed some of that that depth last night for sure. Greg Brown had a couple of times he got banged up in that game. Stephen, I'm 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 waiting to see Greg Brown explode. You know, there are times he looks like he could be really good. He can shoot the three. Uh, they did fight back in that game. I thought Kruger let that thing get away from him late. Um, Harmon is the kid we've been talking about for them. That. Uh, Davy is it Davion? Davion, yep. Yeah, Davion, he's kind of come up and really been big for them. Reeves is obviously a really good player for them. I think he had 22 in the ball game. And, uh, Stephen, I don't know what's happened. Maybe it's because he had the protocols. Manic's not doing anything for them. He scored one point, played eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're trying to ease him back in there. But uh, they've actually – they've OU's become pretty good. And it's certainly not Brady Manick that's doing it. Yeah, they've won four in a row now. And you're right, Manick hasn't really been a factor. But that's an interesting team. I feel like that's a team that in the tournament could present some problems just because you know they have that guard play. And then Manick is a, is a player that if you can get him back at full strength and he's um, playing well again, he can step outside, he can work inside for you. They don't have much on the interior. They don't have really uh, an inside presence, and that's probably what they're missing. But they're 6-3 and three in the league now and suddenly are – Sort of a, I mean, they're not going to win the conference, but they're a factor in this race after after beating Texas last night. Steve, they have a number 24, and he's got a little bit of a Buddy Hill look to him. I, there's just something about him that kind of, uh, and, and so maybe it's just because he was in his number. But I, but I, but for some reason, <laughs> because he was wearing Buddy Hill's number, I just kept thinking that every, uh, he would pull up from three and just hit threes, and he's not, but the guy's not a good shooter. <laughs> It's just, it's just weird. To he be, picked the wrong to, number, didn't he? Yeah, you got <laughs> to be expecting a guy like, okay, this guy's going to be good. And then he's like airballing stuff. It's just <laughs> she's gone with thirty-one or something, not not twenty-four. That's <laughs> putting too much pressure on himself. Uh, but uh, but OU gets the victory. We're up one. Steve, did you like that play? Did you see what OU tried to do at the end? I mean, I thought it was like kind of they were trying to think through it. And they had a guy at the line, and they had a one-point lead, and there were 2.2 seconds left, and <laughs> Just, OU didn't have any timeouts. And so he throws it off the backboard <laughs> and doesn't hit rim. Yeah, so, they, so they gave Texas a set play. <laughs> Texas gets a set up, and then Texas puts some poor guy in there that's barely on the team. You know, he's he he had not played a minute. I mean, I, I think that's right. I mean, I don't think this guy had ever played in that game. They put him in there to inbounds the ball, Stephen, and he 
I don't even blame him. He came in cold, and he threw it down there to nobody. Did you see where that ball ended up? He tried a, he tried a three-court quarter pass, right. and it just went straight to the OU players. <laughs> I mean, you've got 2.2 seconds left. At least get the ball to midcourt. Give a guy two dribbles, and then you got a decent shot at it. And can you explain to me, because I was watching this like on mute, and I was doing some other things. So what happened, the guy that shot the free throws, what happened on that inbound play? Because the OU player, before he shoots the free throws, he like inbounds it, and a Texas player deflected it, and it looked like maybe he touched it, and it went out of bounds, but then they changed the call. So I guess he didn't touch that ball, they just called that out of bounds off well, Texas. No, he got back in bounds and had the ball. That's why all those seconds oh, okay. went off. All right. He he reestablished himself in bounds and had the ball and that ref never stopped the clock because he had to wait until they fouled that kid. And that's how it went from like six and a half seconds or five and a half seconds to two and a half seconds. Because they didn't take the foul in time. Because they thought that kid was out of bounds. They went and looked at it. And sure enough, the kid reestablished himself in bounds. And then on top of it, Stephen, they showed the UT bench, and and it was a really bad look. There's a player for a UT. I'm not going to say his name because it's kind of a. I guess I can say his name, but it, it's a. He's been he's been with them a couple of years, and it. it I think his name is like P E K A Stephen, or something like that. I, I anyway, he's he he's a decent player. But during the timeout, the, it's a, it was an unfortunate moment. They're watching their huddle, and he he grabbed himself and did some weird stuff, like during. I mean, like during the like, the, the the shot, the huddle, the yeah, shot, but the not like a, not everybody has had to readjust at times or something like that. He was doing some kind of weird, you know, trying to be funny, and it was like an important time of the game. They're like down three with a few with like. 10 seconds left or 16 seconds left, and he gets caught on the bench doing something. Steven, can you look up his name? I don't even want to say it if I've got it wrong. What is that kid's name? Dominique. Do you know who I'm talking about? P-E-K-A? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Okay. It just it seemed weird to tell that story and then pronounce the kid's name. Um, can you – have you found it yet? Anyway, he's a bit. He's one of the. He's a guy that plays some for UT. Was pressed into action last night and was doing some weird stuff over on the bench. All right, Stephen. The name of this youngster is what? Uh, just say it without giggling. Are you thinking about Hepa? Good, good. Okay, yeah, Hepa. I'm okay. sorry. I was trying to. I that's that's better than what I was thinking. It okay. was. His name is spelled like H-E-P-A, Yes, correct? H-E-P-A. Uh-huh. Okay. HEPA. Okay, that's fine. I was, tr- I was spelling a different thing. All right, HEPA was doing something very strange <laughs> last night. Let's get Craig Way on and ask him about that. <laughs> okay, it is, that is the – do you think NeighborWorks like the end of that? <laughs> Na- <laughs> They're no longer the You're welcome, Roy Nash. <laughs> Roy, I'm sorry. It is the NeighborWorks Waco – Big 12 basketball report. Go to NeighborWorks. I love the folks over there, 922 uh, Franklin. And then you can find them online at that nw-waco.org is how you find them. And they got a lot of great information. And then you can do some virtual stuff, some, like, virtual seminars, how to, how to get that new home. And they're just so great at sort of helping you manage things and figure out uh, – 
how to do that. They've been doing that for a long time. And my my gosh, the properties even that they have. It's like a one-stop shop. It's like how to get in a new home. Oh, and by the way, here's the new home. Here's where you can, here, you know, we have all these listings that we can put you in. NeighborWorks Waco, they do a great job. We love having them on the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. All right, it is time to discuss this. One of my reporting buddies is putting it out there that the Cowboys should at least look at Matthew Stafford as a possible replacement of Dak Prescott. We discuss next. Why not start off the new year in a new Ram truck? The Start Something New sales event is in full swing at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Right now, take $10,000 off MSRP on a new 2021 Ram 1500 Lone Star with 12-inch touchscreen and 20s. Or $7,000 off MSRP on a new Ram 2500 Crew Cab Bighorn. Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas truck authority. So make that short drive and let us prove to you why it's always cheaper and easier in Cameron. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based upon what it takes to help your company win. That's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision today with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com or call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. Cold weather is here, and many of you are realizing it's time to replace those old drafty windows. Call Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unisil windows are sealed with Duralight. That's a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And right now, they're offering 0% financing for 60 months. That's right, 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct of Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. That's online at UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com, UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com, or call 254-301-7760. That's 254 254- 301-7760. And be sure and check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you not enough money for down payment or low credit score. NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense. Plus, to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access our programs Knowing your safety is their highest priority. 
NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Warren White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. Number nine, Lady Bears jumped out to a 10-point lead in the first quarter and never looked back, beating TCU inside the Farrell Center last night, 82-49. Next up, Iowa State on Sunday afternoon, who beat the Lady Bears at home last time the two met up. Number 24, Oklahoma took down number five, Texas, last night, 80-79. Tonight, number two, Baylor will host Kansas State. Tip is at 8 o'clock. You can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Former Texas starting running back, Keontae Ingram will transfer to USC. Ingram rushed for 1,811 yards over the past three seasons for the Longhorns. He'll now have two years of eligibility left. For the first time since 1960, the membership of the National Baseball Hall of Fame will remain frozen. No player in the Hall of Fame's 2021 Baseball Writers Association ballot reached the 75% threshold needed for enshrinement into Cooperstown. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It is uh, mostly in Simcox rolling through a Wednesday. Lot to uh, lots to get to today. Good stuff from Mike McGraw, Baylor golf coach earlier. Always full of wisdom, cool stories. Has a great podcast that he does, and uh, I listened to a couple of those, and I really got some good had some good takeaways from that. Stephen Baylor baseball schedule was dropped a little earlier today, and uh, announcement of twenty four non conference games. In total, 30 of the 48 scheduled games in t- 2021 will be played. Stephen, as they say here in this release, the friendly confines of Baylor Ballpark. Isn't that fun? Have a lot of home games, and that, so that'll be good. And uh, that Round Rock stand, uh, uh, deal is going to be kind of a fun, uh, a fun tournament. That that's going to happen the 26th, 27th, and 28th. All right, and then Baylor will play A and M. On February 26th, Auburn February 27th, and Oklahoma on February 28th. Now, we already kind of knew about that one. Stephen, the, the Baylor will open with a uh, three-game set against Jacksonville State February 19th through the 21st. Stephen, that's less than a month away. I mean, this thing is sure this thing is, is getting uh, is, is upon us. And then after that, um, this is going to be interesting. They're going to have a four-game weekend series. March 5th through 7th. Okay, that's Memphis. And then the following weekend, a little doubleheader action against UT San Antonio and LSU. They're going to go to Baton Rouge and play. I mean, I find all these things fascinating. Um, now, Stephen, people might be asking, hey, Mosley, when does, when does Big 12 play open? Uh, when, do, when, do they, when do they start Big 12 play? Stephen, why don't you tell them? That will be the, a weekend of March 19th through the 21st. Who do they play there? They'll be hosting the Texas Longhorns that weekend, Matt. Ooh, the Longhorns. That's how they will open uh, the conference slate with a series at Baylor Ballpark. Now, Stephen, help me understand this. So 
all these games will be at Baylor Ballpark. This won't be like a Friday night in Austin, and then they come to the ballpark. This, this, this. The way this reads to me is all these games are at the ball at Baylor Ballpark. That's correct. It is a three-game home series against Texas, so all three okay. games will be here in Waco. Mm-hmm. All right. The following weekend, Stevens, when you're going to get excited because they will have the road opener in Fort Worth against TCU, the nationally ranked TCU Horn Frogs. March 26th through 28th. Okay, so let's keep our eye on that. And uh, Yeah, and we'll need to do ha- some uh, reporting that weekend. Probably have to meet up at Lupton. <sighs> have you been to that part, that new, since they kind of renovated that place, have you been to it? Uh, yeah, I've been over there. It's... Uh... It's it's not as as contentious as Eamon Carter. I think you could you could find your way over there, Matt, and it'd be okay. Oh, you don't you think I could have a good experience, like as a fan? Like, I think so. Like the football, okay. I know you have yeah. a strong rule against football, but I, I think you can enjoy an afternoon there. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not into that. I'm not into the I'm not I'm not into attending any more football games over there. Although there is a club, if I could get into that TCU club, if if. Uh, if, they, if somebody could help me, Stephen, I just when I sit out there, I've been involved in some bad weather games, and then as a kid, we just got crushed, thirty-eight to ten, and uh, and I think Tom Mickey lost his red shirt in that game, and that's the steepest thing I've ever the steepest that I guess it was that press box side it was so steep or the other side, oh my gosh that third deck Stephen was the scariest you couldn't even stand up to cheer, and there was nothing to cheer about in that game. I remember my dad and I we were just like. We had to sneak out of that stadium. I mean, it was just – that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Sorry, Taff and the guys just took that one on the chin. Um, Stephen, there is a story out there about the the Cowboys and should they at least look at Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford played at Highland Park. Story is well known. He was the – I think he was like the uh, – Clayton Kershaw was the center in junior high football or maybe ninth grade football, and Stafford was the quarterback. Stafford is, was one of the greatest high school quarterbacks in the history of Texas, in fact. And then he went on to Georgia, and then he went on to make an enormous amount of money for the Detroit Lions. He is now being shopped, and they're, they're going to part ways. And we'll see what they are able to to get for him. Uh, it... It's always interesting, isn't it, Stephen, when you make it known you're going to trade a player and that there's no way they stay. It's almost like, how does that team have all that leverage? How are they still going to get like a first-round pick and, and, a, and, and you know, a third-round pick or a, third, a first, a third, and a fifth, whatever, how, when they've already basically said, he's not going to play for us. It's, it's really strange how it works. In some ways, you would feel like you had to lose a lot of leverage. In the NBA, you don't. In the NBA, you still get a King's ransom for these players. There is a belief out there, I think Peter King may have even said this, that you could you could get this quarterback who's got a couple more seasons left on his contract for two second-round picks. Now, what would that be for the Cowboys? Well, it would be a second-round pick in 2021 and a second-round pick for 2022. And I and maybe I don't know if you have to throw a player in or not, Stephen. You would have, you would almost have end up having twenty five million, let's say, in savings over Dak because Dak's going to get about thirty five or forty million dollars a year if you do the deal with him. Um, 
this quarterback, Stafford, is only $22 million a year. I, I say only. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that's it, it, that for a top-flight, some would say elite quarterback, that's right now a pretty affordable deal. And then you would have room to go out and look at other positions. Are there people in our listening audience who would do that deal in a heartbeat? Basically, let Dak walk, all right, and then bring in Matthew Stafford for two years at the rate of 22 mil per, and that frees up some room to go get some uh, to go get some other players because you're actually saving money when Dak walks, and you're not going to tie up the franchise tag, which this year would be $37.7 million. The text line is 254-662-1660. Stephen, I still you know, would like them to get the Dak thing done. I find it interesting that Todd Archer has put this out there because he is not known as someone who's going around looking for clickbait. He is someone who does not just throw things out. But today, he has put this out there, and there's some interesting reaction to it across the league. Stephen, do you, would you do that deal? Would you let Dak walk? If you can't get a deal done, would you let him walk and sign Matthew Stafford? It's tempting, and I mean, hey, if, you're on, if you only give up, and I say only, I know draft picks are important, but two second-round picks, that's not real. I mean, that's not mortgaging your future, honestly. Uh, but he, here's my thing, Matt. Like, okay, so you get a cheaper quarterback, but to me, the problem on this team is not the quarterback. Like, okay, you get Matthew Stafford. He's been known to put up huge numbers, and he's been on a franchise that uh, doesn't particularly manage themselves well and hasn't surrounded him with a lot of talent, and he's been a, a good but not great quarterback on a bad organization. I mean, it sounds like he'd be in a similar situation in Dallas. I, I don't really know how much that his his situation would improve there in Dallas, other than he has some better receivers. And I always well, I mean, you you would have if you could block it up and you got the line back together. And let's say at ten, you know, they take that uh, Penn State. Is it the Penn State player? Whoever Micah Parsons. Oregon. Oregon, yeah, no, I'm thinking about the Oregon oh, Sewell, tackle. The, the tackle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's say they take somebody incredible like that guy, and he comes in, and you move Collins inside, play that guy at right tackle, Tyron at left tackle, and then you've got Connor and you've got Zach. Do you, do you uh, think Matthew Stafford's better than Dak Prescott right now? No, but... So like, well, I I think I'm on the I'm on the fence about that one. I I I think he might be. I think he I think that when he's healthy, and that's a big if. And of course, he Dak's coming off a a, a, a surgery now. When he's healthy, I think Matthew Stafford is every bit as good as Dak. Okay, so it, let's say it's even. Uh, I just don't. And if fans, if our listeners think this, that's fine. But here here's my deal. Why do I care about the Cowboys saving money? It's not my money. And I don't have any faith that this organization is going to go out and do a good job of signing players. I mean, you look at the free agents they signed last year. Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Daryl Worley. I, I know they were bargain spending, but it was terrible evaluation. I mean, all those guys were complete busts. So, like, all right, you save a little money and you're about the same on offense. 
I just don't really know how that helps your franchise. I, I guess you can make the argument it does in your Steven, future. 30, 30 million. That, I think it might come out to like 30 million in savings. Okay. So uh, what I'm saying is, I, you know, you may be just not trusting them to do the right thing, but it, it, it does, you know, when everybody's like, well, oh, we need safety. Oh, we need, to, we need another cornerback. I mean, it allows you to go do some things and fortify some positions. It allows you to go find another defensive tackle. Now, what you're saying is an interesting thing. What you're saying is you don't trust them to do that. You saw what they did with Don Dontari Poe and, and some of these others, and, and obviously McCoy had the injury. Um, and you don't like the way they've drafted at that position, Tristan Hill, and you shouldn't. But I, I, I mean, they are. There is a lot of savings there. All right, we got to get ready for J Mo. Uh, John Morris show coming up at two. Stephen, real quick, what are our people saying? Have, are they leaning Stafford's way, or are they are they remaining true to the great Dak? Uh, we got a mix here, but I'll, I'll give you two, one of each. Uh, one person said Dak. I, I think he's just as good as Stafford, and I would stick with continuity on offense. And then someone else said Stafford, and they mentioned uh, beefing up that defense with some of the extra money you would save. All right, I like that. I like that, Stephen. I like our texters. I like everybody who's been a part of this one. Great work by Stephen Simcox. Now it is time for the John Morris Show. Always, always a fun listen. And, uh, man, he's got had some really cool broadcasters on here. Oh, Spatola. I think this, the young man from Army, the star player from Army that has become a big-time analyst at ESPN, is on with John Morris today. That'll be really good. John Morris Show coming up next.